Welcome to episode 58 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. I'm back, folks. Kevin T will hopefully be back with us next week. He's at Ruler Arsama on Twitter. You can break his balls for not being here if you want. <laughs> but he had to work, so it's understandable. So... Uh, last real week, I guess we have like one more week of like off season, so to speak, uh, between the uh, spring and summer splits here. So on the, uh, on the docket tonight, we are going to introduce our world cup teams for the world cup bracket that we're going to be introducing and doing voting on. Uh, we're going to talk about some news topics and then we actually have lines for the mid season cup between the LPL and the LCK. So we're going to dive into that probably toward the end of the podcast. So. Before we do any of that, how have you guys been doing this week? How's everybody enjoying the the time off? Everybody unwinding? Everybody playing some League of Legends or what have you? Whatever you're doing? CSGO DFS. There's no no rest for the wicked, sir. The wicked is accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Complaining about low ELO rankings. That's all I got to do. I'm going to start that thesis, which I'll... Promise it'll be done in 50 years. Hashtag low elo problems. <laughs> low elo support. How to climb out of it? <laughs> what about you, Josh? Yeah, I've just been chilling, getting a little bit back into the grind now with uh, some games coming up, trying to get everything ready to go on the data front for uh, the esports department. So getting pretty happy, excited about it. Getting hype, getting hype. We got a we're a week out from the uh, first game is back. You know, you could argue how much they mean, but they do mean something. So I'm getting excited for it. So, uh, last week we had a question from, let me pull it up, who was, oh, we had a question from Alan at LCS Picks on Twitter um, about the LOL World Cup, and I actually thought this idea was great. We started looking through some of the teams, and we were like, yo, you know, this is going to take a little while, and we already ran super long on last week's podcast, so we wanted to explore this idea more and involve the audience on it, so what we're going to do is we're going to introduce each of these teams... They were, uh, I want to say, like, uh, intently selected by the committee (laughs) Uh, on who would make the, you know, who would make the cut. We spent a lot of time on it. A little bit of time. It wasn't that much time. (laughs) Yeah, we're probably going to miss some players here. We're we're definitely going to forget about some people. Please tweet at us when we definitely forget about people. We're going to be like, where the hell, where the hell's Faker? Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) you're such a jerk, dude. All right, so what, what we're going to do now is we're going to introduce each of the teams that we have competing. These are in no particular order whatsoever, but we're going to introduce the teams. And then, John, are you going to be putting a Twitter poll out? Yes, I will put up Twitter polls uh, at least one matchup every day, maybe two matchups every day, and, and I want to have people's opinions on who would win them. And we're going to do a 16-team bracket and – you know, pitch in, vote, and that's going to be fun. So, again, at the Esports Plug on Twitter, we'll be putting these up daily, probably starting tomorrow, right, once we set these up tonight. Maybe tonight. Yeah, I might, I might throw one up tonight. We'll see uh, We'll see how quick I get to it. All right. So, the first team, without further ado, England or the UK, the United Kingdom. Uh, we chose five players for this team. Some of these teams are going to have more than five players. Uh, we will narrow that down to five because some of them don't have a clean set. They have a, a set of five players that are very, very good or like more than that. 
but they don't necessarily always fit the roles, and we're going to try to figure that out as we go. But for now, I'm just going to list some of the best players in that region, and then we'll decide a team from there. And some of these, we actually do have a team laid out. So for England, we have Alfari in the top lane, probably the strongest player on this team. Yeah? Yeah, I would think he's the Team England captain. So we have Alfari, Kadrill, X Maddie, Deadly, and Kasing all from EU Masters. I think uh, Maddie and, or is it Deadly and Kasing are on Fnatic Rising, right? Or is it Maddie and Kasing? I forget. Just Maddie, I think. No, oh, I'm done then. Never mind. Oh, oh, Kasing's uh, on Excel. Uh, yeah, Excel BT, yeah. right? Yeah, Excel BT. Yeah. So, uh, not gonna say the strongest team, but. You're going to find a lot with these smaller region or these smaller country teams in Europe. Europe kind of, we talked about it last week, but Europe kind of gets screwed over by this the worst. But, uh, yeah, the English team is actually not bad, consider, all things considered. Uh, next up, we have Poland. Somebody else want to introduce Poland? Yeah, Poland is a, a little bit more of an odd region. It's uh, the jungle region for the LEC. So we have self-made, Yankos, and Inspire, all junglers, but, you know, they, they'll find a way to play somewhere. Um, and then we had Vander, Support, Selfie, Midlaner, and I don't even know why we included Jack Troll. <laughs> I had to. I had to. He's Jack Troll makes it <laughs> Yeah, and then the uh, – led by their <clears> – <throat> Crowd favorite, Puck, Puck, Pucky style, Pookie style, <laughs> and Andy Carey. So, and the rest of Kick Neo, sir. I'll take That's a strong team. Bro. That is actually Poland. Poland has a, a strong es- esports pedigree. They do. They've been around for a long time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good team. Like, I mean, obviously, like they're stacked at one position, which makes things a little bit awkward, but pretty strong team overall. Uh, next up, we have Slovenia, where we only listed three players, but there were a couple. Of the, so there were a couple teams that we eliminated because they we couldn't come up with another five. Slovenia, I'm positive I'm forgetting someone, but so far we have Nemesis, Mickey X, and Crownshot, which to me is a strong enough core to carry against a lot of teams. So I, <laughs> I literally didn't write anybody else down. We'll have to put, we'll yeah, have to we pick some out when we put the poll up. Yeah, we got to find some more Slovenians. Next up, we have the ever so famous mid lane farm of Denmark, <laughs> who also has. I, I think Denmark is like a dark horse for this tournament. If we're going to do like the voting tournament, so I'll introduce it in in, in roll order. So we have Wonder in the top lane, Broxa in the jungle, any one of Froggen, Caps, Bjergsen, or Jensen in the mid lane, and I'm positive there's other people I'm forgetting as well. Denmark is stacked at mid lane. Absolutely stacked. Everywhere just else. Frog and, just have Frog and play support, and then Caps play 80, 80 carry. carry. And then you can just have either Bjergsen or uh, Jensen as the mid laner. That's what I would do. I think that makes a lot of sense. Who wants to take, who wants to take the next one? I'll go. Um, let's have the Swedish, where they make their famous meatballs. We'll have to see their... <laughs> The players that we have is Craze, who is a recent addition to the LEC, so we're excited to see his debut soon. Then we have the one and only Reckless, final, world's finalist. Then followed by Finn, Larson, and Promise Q. Strong team. It's not bad. It's not bad. I need to know what Craze prize Craze would look like. It's a fairly 
balance. Yeah, the Swedes yeah. actually have a pretty balanced team. I think this team's probably going to go a little underrated in the voting, depending on the matchup they catch in the first round. So, yeah, interesting I like team. I like this next team. Let me get the next one. All right. John's got so the next, up, next one. Next up, we got Germany with Upset, Kaiser, Gilius, Lurox, Abadage, POE, and most importantly, by far, Coach Grabs. Germany gets Grabs, which is probably like the GOAT coaching uh, position that you can have. So I, I like that. Uh, I like Germany to get a little bit of an edge from the coaching spot there. Josh, Chris, thoughts on Germany? Will Lorox take Gillies' spot? Probably. Again. Yeah. Lorox probably gets the start here probably in the jungle, right? Get the start, right. Unless they, they hate Baron. Baron. Unless they hate Baron, then you can have Gillies starting. <laughs> Do they get shocks as a home caster as well? That's a huge edge no, as well. No, she's from Belgium. Oh, no. Yep, she's not. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> the, home the home casting bias, is that a thing? Go ahead, Josh. Huge, huge edge. No, yeah, I was going to also make a, a joke to, to dunk on Gilius, but I'll just let it go. Wow, Gilius getting a lot of hate. You know what? I hope Gilius gets the stars just to spite you guys. Um, next up, we have France, which is kind of an interesting team with some a lot of highs and lows. So we have either Soaz or Cabochard in the top lane, Skeens, Hansama, and Steelback. I would argue you should probably put Yellowstar on this team too. Yeah, there's a there's some pretty good players on the French teams in EU Masters, yeah. although I'm not sure how many of them are actually French. Like we looked up Tinks and he's not French. Yeah, Yellowstar I know is for sure. And I mean let's be real, Yellowstar can probably still play. Like he took time off and like he's like was a coach and he's like now nah, like <laughs> he did he did what's it called, uh from Super Troop. He's like, Give me the damn soap. <laughs> It's like, let me do this to myself. And he can still play, man. He's one of the best players of all time, at least in Europe anyway. Um, yeah, so he could probably go on this team too. He just won EU Masters, so. Yeah. I mean, he can definitely still play. Who gets to start? Cabo, Cabo probably gets to start in top lane here, right? Uh, yes. I know I know you're not a fan of Soaz, but based on this season, Cabo is still quite good, right? All right. Uh, so... We'll take a, a brief intermission here to include a couple teams that didn't make the cut. Uh, I wanted to introduce. Uh, so we had we had Norway, who had Nuke Doctore, Leader, and Hattricks. Uh, Bulgaria had Spooky, Hillisong, Inax, and VZZ. Czech Republic had Patrik and Denik, but we couldn't really come up with that many other Czech players. And Romania had an interesting combination of Vodoamne, Arome, and Zerxe, including two guys that have played together. But could not find too many others. So those guys didn't make the cut. A little bit of a spoiler for the rest of the list, but just thought we'd mention it. There, there were a couple of these smaller countries that had like a player or two that were worth noting, like a star player. Um, I mean, Perks is one of the big per ones. You'll Perks is one of the big ones. On the list. Yeah, Croatia didn't make the player. cut. <laughs> He's just like one of the only players from the team. Yeah, there was like, there was at least one other good Croatian player, like legit good Croatian player. We just couldn't come up with a five-man unit that was as good as these teams. So, uh, who? All right, so we're we're getting out of uh, continent. I guess we'll 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 leave Europe for the time being. So there's our European teams. We had seven of them, I guess technically, if you want to count some of these other ones, you could. If you want to skip down to this one, I didn't look. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that when we get to that. Let's just stay in order. So who wants to who wants to take the next one? 
I can do Taiwan. Next up, we have Taiwan. And a lot of the, the cool thing about Taiwan is that most of their players, people would know, even if they never followed the Taiwanese league, because most of them play in China. Uh, some of them had played in Taiwanese teams before, but Fofo from BLG, Maple, Junjia, Karsa, Betty, Shaosi, Sword Art. They got a, a big team, including coaching. Uh, they got Warhorse and Refrain and the coaching staff there. So That's Fun Plus's coaching staff, for those that are curious. Warhorse, the head coach for them. So world champion, by the way. Um, and this isn't even including the players that are still playing on the LMS teams that are included in the PCS, which is the new combined league that uh, the LMS got scrapped for, basically to combine all the smaller Asian leagues. So there's definitely some players over there still that are that are worth noting too. So the, the Taiwanese team also quite strong. Kind of need a top laner, but I'm sure we could find somebody from the uh, the PCS that could do that. Uh, so Mabel, couldn't Ma- didn't Mabel play top? Last split, like not but summer. I'm sure he could, but I don't actually. No, I, I mean he's played top lane before, but not like for any extended amount of time, though. Yeah, like him and Angel, if I remember correctly, were like swapping it out or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, next up, I had so I didn't list all the players, but there's like a number of of players that you could fill in from Vietnam, which is our next list. So, um. Probably the strongest player in that region is SOFM, which is is going to make some people cringe a little bit because there are a lot of people that are not fans of his play. But a lot of world's representatives from Vietnam, uh, the Gigabyte Marines, most famously. Um, Stark, Zeros, Levi, there's there's a whole choice of players that you could that you could pick from. A lot of the new young guns that are playing in the, the VCS are quite good as well. So Vietnam's an interesting one. Next up, who wants to take the next one? Because the next one, the next one's going to surprise a lot of people, I think. Yeah, I'm taking the Great White North up on the border. Our neighbors in NA, right? Oh wait, they are part of NA, but our neighbors to the Americans, Licorice. I'm um, sorry, Team Canada has Licorice, Smoothie, Johnson, Wild Turtle, Altec, and Vulcan. Yeah, stacked at the support position. Not quite sure everywhere else, but. I mean that's just six really good players. I know I know people aren't huge on on all tech and you know we break wild turtles balls all the time, but like these are all quality professional players. Some of them very good. Licor- I mean Licorice dominated this season, so it's I- weird how the positions work out. Like there's no Canadian mid laners. Yeah. They're like all supports and a couple eighty carries. No mid laners. Yeah, but like the supports are like the best supports in North America. Like I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll take the next one because because it kind of ties in a lot with this because they're basically the the LCS players. But the United States is really struggling at support because Canada has all the good support players that we know. So the, <laughs> I can't do it, dude. I can't take it seriously. So the United States has Solo or Haunter, Blaber, definitely Solo, Poe Belter. I think is probably the best domestic mid, even though... So, just to clarify, we are going home nation, not where their um, residency is. So, like, Bjergsen and Jensen are technically North American residents now because they've been here long enough. But uh, you'll notice we included them in Denmark's list because we're going by home nation, not by nationalized region. So, 
I think Pobelter's probably the best North American mid. Uh, other Demonte? Can- other candidates are DeMonte, Golden Glue, um, somebody else that I'm probably forgetting. No, it's basically those. No, that's it, right? Because they said Golden Glue was the only actual North American mid laner in the league, right? Well, that started in the LCS. Oh, it started, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think it was just Golden Glue. Yeah, it's just G. And then I think Double Lifts, all all the shit aside, still gets the nod here. He's the best North American player of all time, probably. So, And then support is, I put Zazel, but Hakuho is also probably a candidate here. So, Afro Moo, yeah, you can make Afro Moo there as well. Dude, it's so cultural too. It's so cultural. The North, North the United States is not a support nation. Okay. Like, we're, <laughs> we're just not a nation of supports. It's like it's like, it's just entirely true. Oh my we're, god. We're the most, like, although we don't really have any mid laners either, and really Americans are mid laners or eighty carries. They're just like do everything for us. We will be the best ever. Like, <laughs> that's, that's just our culture as a country, which oh my is kind of garbage, but just funny. Who else? Is, I, I'm I'm forgetting somebody else too. There's some AD carry talent here. Oh, Medios in the jungle. You can make a reasonable argument for X Smithy. Um, actually, X Smithy should probably be the jungler here. No, Blaver was just too good this season. So we have some junglers and some AD carries, but um, yeah. So, <laughs> honest question: Who wins the North Amer- the the United States team or the Canadian team? Is this going the way of hockey? Did they have this? Played out in in one of the events back in the days when they have oh, uh, Canada versus U.S. Uh, they did. I th- I'm pretty sure they did do like a show did. match or something yeah. at some point. Like this, but was I think years it. I think ago. it had naturalized. I think it had naturalized people. Wasn't that the one where Jensen was being represented by the bird? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. That was really. But funny, Jensen right? was in it, so it must have been naturalized. <laughs> so yeah. So. But, um... Yeah, who wants to take? Uh, we have we have a handful of other teams to round out the list, including the two probably the two favorites. But who wants to take the next one while the train is going by my house in the background? I can take the next one. <laughs> so the next one we have is Turkey. Um, these names are probably not super familiar to a lot of you, but you'll get a lot more familiar with them when Worlds comes around. Um, so we have Arma, Stomage, Zaytnot, Holy Phoenix, Japone, or Japone. I'm not sure. You put it, and then uh, the two from NA that you know, uh, Broken Blade and Closer. So pretty, pretty solid squad there from Turkey, honestly. Yeah, Turkey seems like a pretty good team. They got a lot of guys that have been to Worlds before from like from on Turkish teams, and then a couple of pretty good NA standouts. So that's a pretty strong team. Yeah, I think the the question here is like, who get do Broken Blade and Closer get the start? Because like, if Broken Blade and Closer, if it's Broken Blade Closer. They still need a mid laner really bad because Zaytnot and Holy Phoenix are both AD carry players. So you would still need uh, they don't they're lacking a mid a mid laner. Just put Broken Blade in mid lane and and let Armad do a second top. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the team you'd set up because th- this team's actually good. Like Chapone, Holy Phoenix, Zaytnot, Stone Mage, and Armut have all been to Worlds multiple times. So you know, think what you want of Turkey, but Turkey has actually been. I mean, Turkey is. Over the course of the entirety of like this world's format that they've done, Turkey is probably the best independent region, right? Yeah, and they they just like invested early. Like you could tell, yep. Turkey as a country invested early in esports, like really bought into it and put some money into the scene. And so they have a better regional scene than way bigger countries that have way more money, just because they they got in there early and started picking up talent. 
you there's Korean imports and stuff in the Turkish league, which you just don't see that often in any of the other leagues. Yeah, I mean, GBM played in Turkey for like two years, like calendar years. So, like they have, they, and there's still, um, I think, like I mean, there's still some some of the top players in in Turkey are are Korean players still, and they have a lot of Korean coaches as well. So, yeah, Turkey, like it's like between Turkey, the CIS, like Commonwealth of Independent States, and Brazil, although not as recently Brazil, but like Turkey and the Commonwealth of Independent States, a lot of the players play on EU Northeast or EU West with Piping. So a lot of these players are like legitimately good and they've been good for a long time and they have experience. So yeah, if you like watch the TCL, it's not as big a clown fiesta as you would think as some of these other regions are. Like the TCL is a good league. I don't think it's like, I don't think it's quite on the same level as the LMS was. But it's probably the best of the independent leagues besides what the LMS used to be, and now probably what the PCS is going to be. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's better than like Brazil, yeah. which is another one of the regions that gets a lot of money into it comparatively. Yeah, and and they actually the, Turkey also imports European players too. Like you know, they have a number of players that are imported just directly from Europe as well. So Turkey is a surprisingly good team. A lot of world's experience, international experience there, which would be which would serve them well at a tournament like this. So. Uh, I'll take Brazil. So Brazil was weird because there was a lot of a lot of players that you could make an argument for. Uh, we went with Robo, Ranger, Absolute, Klaus, and Jojo. I, I think Klaus was really. I mean, I didn't watch that much of Brazil this season, but Klaus was like for a lot of people the MVP. He was super good this year. Uh, I know BRTT is the most famous eighty carry from there. I know if you want to look at track record or history, you could include him in this list. But um, that's what I came in for Brazil. Thoughts? John, you've probably, and Josh, you probably uh, played some CBLOL. What do you think about adding Dutz the boy to it? Yeah, that's, I mean, he was definitely a standout this season and a surprising, you know, turnaround for his team when he came in. I don't think he was on the level of Klaus, though. Klaus was, like, the best player in the league, right? He was, like, one of them. I can't remember who won MVP. I want to say that a lot of people told me that Robo was on like, on par to win it, but I don't think he ended up winning it. There are a number of Korean players in Brazil as well, so you got to keep that in mind. Brazil versus Turkey, who do you think? I think I think Turkey's got the stronger team for sure. Yeah, I think Turkey would be a lot of teams. Who wants to take the last of the, the non-big boys? Yeah, I'm taking Russia. So we have Boss. A haha chick, or if you want a pineapple, pineapple, yeah, Norman's Lodic Santes, or formerly known as Diamond Prox, or no, is no, that Diamond Prox is also my sorry, I wrote that okay. down incorrectly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, some familiar names, some have seen some LEC, what is it? Yeah, some LEC action. I think pineapple is one of them. I don't, I don't know too much about this region. Yeah, Russia is an interesting one because a lot of these players also have Worlds experience, but um, a lot of this league, this league's kind of going through like a turnover at the moment where you still see some of the old dogs floating around, Diamond Prox, Edward, but uh, there's a and there's there's a number of guys that have been in this in this domestic league, the LCL, for a long time, but most of the league now is new players that haven't been around, so they're kind of going through that like what Korea is going through where you still have some of the old dogs, but there's not nearly as many as there used to be. And the rest of the league is getting turned over into like a lot of younger players. So we might meet some of these guys down the road, but 
I think the most interesting part about the Russian team is that we looked through the LEC and there isn't a Russian player in the LEC anymore that we that I mean unless we missed it. Yeah, that is... was really crazy for me. Like Russia's so big and they've and they've historically been an esports region too. Like they've been a region that have had players in lots of different games and teams in lots of different games. I was super surprised to realize that there's no Russians in the LEC at the moment. Yeah, I almost think like some of these Anatech's really really good. Like he could definitely be on an EU like an LEC team. Like I'm trying to think of who he'd replace though, because the, the LEC has jumped like up their jungler talent quite a bit. That's true. Uh, somebody in SK, I think SK might get using. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so I, I think it's like not for like that they lack the players necessarily, but like I guess and EU stepped up their jungle talent quite a bit, but. I would kill to see Diamond Prox back in the league, but that's just like nostalgia kicking in. All right, yeah, so the last two, say, the last yeah, two are the big in. dogs. The last two are the big dogs. So I didn't mean to cut you off, John. Would you have? Oh no, I was just saying, yeah, Diamond Prox. I'd love to see him back too, but he hasn't looked that great the last few times we've seen him on the big stage. He's such a character. Everybody on that old oh, man. We that's a that's an episode we could do in the off season. Is just like the best series of all time. I actually pitched that for these two. We'll have to, maybe we'll save that for the off season. But that was arguably the greatest league team of all time, just amusement wise. Not necessarily best like talent wise, but as far as like a team you could get behind and love, that was maybe the best team ever. Yeah, Mo- Moscow Five, and even Ga- like the early years of Gambit too. Like Moscow Five was, they just they were a per- they were a wrestler. Like they were they were like a professional wrestler. Like they were the heel and the hero at the same time. Like it was. They just had it all. They had every single person on that team was like they were like the weirdest characters. Like they were like the weirdest dudes. Five and, different pieces of like pure personality where everybody was different than the other people on the team, but you could love them all. They, you know what they honestly They were like G two. They were a lot like G two before G two. They just and yeah, I guess like the MB two. Like they just played the game their own way. Like I've never seen a team play solo queue professionally, like they did. Like they they just did so. If you ever get a chance to go back, just go back and watch old Moscow Five odds. Like they were so creative. They would do all any off the wall solo queue strategy you could think of. They did it, and so they like, created some things that became standard. And later, like uh, God, who was uh, Genja was the their eighty carry was like the first person to just start stacking Doran's blades, and then that became like the standard back then. Like in solo queue, you started seeing everybody do it because it was just good, and like nobody else in the world was doing it until Gen just started doing it for the most part. Just weird stuff like that. Building a second second defensive like a second item defensive item on an eighty carry was like a, a, a Genja special. It didn't matter what it was. Like the, the most famous one was the Warmox Corky because he did it at a time when Corky was so overtuned that he didn't need more damage. He just got Trinity Force Warmox, and that was it. But uh, yeah, th- that team. Diamond Prox with the he was like the first real counter jungler too. Like he made that like I mean I could I could wax poetic about Moscow Five forever, man. That team go back and watch some old like season two vods of that team. They were there was a good argument for them being one of the best teams in the world, and it's kind of a shame how they went out, like they flamed out that year. But they were one of the best teams in the world and they were probably the only Western team that had a chance to beat the Korean teams at the time. So at the time, they were the Western Hope. Like, they were the G2 at the time. And they kind of have a lot of the same characteristics. They would shit talk. They were all really weird dudes. Like, it was... And they were so characteristically, like, Russian. Like, in a good way. Like, all the good things of just... They were such a huge personality team. Go go check the VODs out. Especially people that are new to the scene. 
I would highly encourage you to go check out Moscow Five Star because they were just a fascinating team to watch. Um, so we have the big dogs as the last two. So we'll do Korea. I put. I mean, you guys tell me if there's an argument here because Korea. I, I think Korea is probably. The, if I had to put seeding on this tournament, Korea is the number one seed. Because if you look at the LPL and the LCK, and you took the best players, I legitimately think Korea is going to be like Canada in hockey. Like, you could build, like, three teams that would be the next best team. So, I put the Shy, Kanavi, Chovy, Teddy, and Karia based mostly on most recent performance. You could go any number of directions with this, though. So, do you guys have any any arguments against that roster? Feel free to chime in. The roster seems seems fine. I think you might have overhyped Korea a little bit. I think China, I think China might be among my favorites, even just on one lineup. So, Yeah, I do think China is the other big dog. Like, I don't think anyone else is coming close to China and Korea in this tournament. Yeah, which, no, may, yeah. which makes sense, really, right? Like, oh, let's just, yeah, like, I agree. Let's put some other, like, let's do, like, the, the, the quote-unquote B team for Korea. Like, the B team for Korea would be, like, Keen or Summit. Um, I put Keen. I put Keen over him. Um, Piosic? That's too early for Piosic. Yeah, um, we'll just put Piosic just for... Faker's on the B team. That's all Faker. you <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, actually, Faker's not on the B team, by the way, because Rookie's on the B team. Rookie, BDD, wow. like... Yeah, Faker's on the C team for Korea. So I got... Oh my gosh. Imagine saying that. He's got <laughs> right. C team. Yeah, how about 80 carry? There's a bunch of those two. Loken, uh, Deft. <laughs> like, wait, wait, you're talking. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, there. Are yeah, we that's what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, though. Like, like, you could go, you could go absolutely wild with this team. I mean, shit, you could do the the the, the C team would be like, yeah, we'll put we'll put Faker on the C team. Like Nuggery, like C team, we're talking like Nuggery, Keen, Summit, like, like Nuggery, Keen, Summit. Um, yeah, I'm forgetting about. I know I'm forgetting a jungler. The T1 jungler. Clid, 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 Cuz, Faker, <laughs> Rookie, BDD, like scene three. Yeah, yeah like the 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 point being like. You could legit. I think you could legitimately build like three Korean teams that would beat like everyone besides China in this tournament. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. So, that's, that's, and yeah. you could probably build two Chinese teams that would beat pretty much everybody as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So two or three, same thing. That'd be that's that'll be a sub exercise for us personally. I don't want to take too much time on the podcast right now, but um, any debate on the players there? Anybody you would replace? I still all pretty good. Amy's better than Teddy from last week. But. All right, well, it's reasonable. How about China? Who wants to do China? I can take China. Uh, all right, so China, we got, you know, I told Vince he had a really good opportunity here to troll John, but it was too late by the time. John was, like, in the middle of something when we were typing these up at first, and Vince just could have easily trolled him, but. Missed opportunities. Mistakes were made, but uh, we got Zoom and TN. Zoom up top. Uh, the, the dude just never loses, apparently. TN in the jungle. 
then we had Knight as John refers to him, the, the CEO of League of Legends or whatever <laughs> in the mid lane. And then Jackie Love, AD Carey, and Lou Mao in support. Um, there's like the B team here is pretty loaded too. I know it, we're thinking about it, but really the mid lane role is just, is just loaded. We talked about that even last week when we were trying to come up with our first teams for the, uh, <clears throat> sorry, for the LPL. I mean, cause what you got Doinby on the B team right here, right? Like, oh, Doinby's Korean. Yeah, Doinby's Korean. Spakes are on the D team in Korea. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, holy crap. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, a lot of the top LCL players are Korean. Like, don't forget. <laughs> episode title, Faker is on the D team. Faker is on the That's, that's probably D the episode team. title. Holy cow. That's wild. Yeah. And Faker was quite good this season. Like, he had a, yeah. I don't want to call it a bounce back season, but he was better than he's been in a couple years this se- this season. So that was good. Like who? Like China B team would be like who's the top laner? Who am I forgetting about? Um, Gim Goon. Oh, Gim Goon. Yeah, yeah, that's who. That's who it is. Okay, so it's Gim. It's probably Gim Goon. Oh, by the way, top laners: Khan. Khan. Still Korean. I was thinking Khan. <laughs> um, Jinu, Korean. <laughs> yeah, it's it's stacked. So the B team would be something like Gim Goon, Beishang, Zhao Hu. I don't know Huan Fong or. Whatever eighty carry you want. I know you didn't even finish. Finish finish the Chinese team. Finish the A team. So yeah. Zoom Tian, Knight. Uh Jackie Love and Lumao. Yeah. Who the, the the B team you could boo you could do like Uzi, Huan Fong, um, Jumang. I mean we'll 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 put Uzi just for posterity, but like you could and then you could do like Ming. You just do that RNG bot lane as the B team. Yeah, I mean Jin Zhao. Yeah. John was talking about him last week. Like, there, there's, I mean, these two reasons are obviously going to be loaded. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to do this as like a star game, right? Was that the whole E-Star game is pretty much all Chinese? The C team, they are all Chinese. Yeah. The whole team's Chinese. Yeah. So the E-Star, E-Star would just be China C, probably. Yeah, three six nine got included in here. Like, yeah, the. We'll have to do this because I did this the last time the the World Cup came around for hockey, where my cousin my cousin's a real big hockey fan. It's a little little side tangent here, but Canada obviously a super good hockey nation, right? We did like the like the E team for Canada, and we had them power ranked above like everyone besides like Russia and the United States, which was and Sweden, which was like insane. So yeah, like obviously there's population involved as well, but like. The best of the best are the best of the best. And this is why these leagues are the most competitive, because look at the quality of players we're talking about here. So, anyway, what we're going to do is John's going to be putting out a poll, I believe through his Twitter, uh, on – we're going to we're gonna just randomize matchups. We're not going to seed any of these or anything. We're just going to randomize matchups. That way we don't infer any bias on these. That's right. We don't want to have we're, – we're a fair committee here. We're tr- truly randomizing. And uh, so we'll organize all these – uh, we'll put a vote out, and then we'll uh, report back as we go along. It'll probably take, like, a couple weeks. I would think it's going to take probably, like, two weeks, and we'll uh, have our bracket figured out. And go follow John on Twitter, at the Esports Plug. He's going to be tweeting these out, and I'll be retweeting them and everything as well. And we'll vote on these, and we'll figure out who's who's going to be the dark horse. I'll, I'll just ask you guys. who's Who do you think is going to be the dark horse here? Like, who... 
obviously we have like the big three. I, I would say four because I, I think Taiwan is actually kind of stacked too. I think Taiwan's probably the number three team. So if that's the case, like who's number four? Who's like a long shot number five maybe? I think Denmark's a pretty clear step ahead of the rest in terms of Europe. Um, I, I honestly think just in team in terms of actually fielding a team that I would probably lean towards Slovenia because I think if you put any sort of high challenger, ELO, top laner and jungler with Mickey X ground shot, you're going to be in a good spot. But I don't know. I mean, it does get pretty tough after I think those top four. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. After like John said it last week, that Europe was probably the one that gets like stuck because of so many different teams. Um, Denmark looks interesting to me. I like uh, the the talent there. They might finish in the top four or five with that talent. Just that talent. Um, I also agree with you, man. With the the Taiwan having the coach and the players. They just need a better paint system. Um, <laughs> but the talent is there, and, you know, China's been poaching those talent left and right. So, yeah. Um, unless we include the Korean and China B team, I don't know. <laughs> Everything else is like, yeah, I think it's pretty set. I don't have any surprising dark horses. I just agree with all what y'all said. I kind of like Germany. Like just as I'm a, a big team, fan of Germany, assemble. yeah. Like I, I think Germany would be like my long shot. I think Denmark is probably like if I had to pick a number four, it'd be Denmark or Poland probably. And then grab, yeah. Go ahead, John. <laughs> who, who do you think, John? Yeah, those. I mean, those would be my choices. I like Germany, Denmark, Poland, and then obviously uh, the two North American teams would be down there somewhere, probably just behind those teams, and then China and Korea being at the top is, I think, kind of. Pretty hard to debate. All right, yeah. This, this is gonna. What's up, Josh? I say I will say Sweden is a team that I think as a, as a long dark horse. Like we just toss Finn in the jungle and let him play uh, Cled jungle. <laughs> just set. Yeah, set or Cled jungle. The Achilles and... heel is here is Promise Q. I just can't buy into it. What? Good. You mean good. Champion, good. Promise you? I forgot about that. I'm sure, he's like, amazing. <laughs> I, you know what's interesting about Promise Q is like he would probably who who is better than him as a support player in Europe? At like actually, Hillsang, Mickey. I think Destiny's better. I think Torre's better. I think most of the actual LEC supports are better. Kaiser was better. Yeah, uh, is he better than Jack Troll? He's definitely better than <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Steelback? Steelback might edit him out in my mind. It's a pretty tough spot to ride the bench behind Mickey. Yeah. And you got to think that made him better too, right? Like, yeah. I always think kind of like the iron sharpens iron in those cases. Like, well, we got to see him at EU Masters, and he was good, but not exceptional. Okay, that's fair, I guess. Anyway, that was fun. This is going to be fun. So keep an eye out on Twitter. Um, John's going to be tweeting these out. I'll be retweeting them, et cetera. So um, that's going to be our, our World Cup, our Gold Card Podcast World Cup Invitational. That's what we're going to call it. I just one, one thing I think we should just touch on quick is, like, what would these players that are, like, Korean but in NA or, like, Korean but in Europe, like, what? Would they, like, is someday anywhere near making this team? 
I think, like, un- know, I think unfortunately not. And bang too, like. I just think that the it's not it's not because they've been bad either. It's just that the talent at those positions is so stacked that, like, who's like who's like the the third the third or fourth Korean top laner. Yeah, like I'm not even talking about including the L, like the LPL because mm-hmm. you got to include the Shy and Jinu and all those guys, right? Yeah. Like, where yeah, does no. someday fall in that spectrum? He's not better than I don't think he's better than Summit. Although Summit kind of had his moments this season. Um, he's probably a, he's good enough to start in the LCK. I'd take him over, you know, Ixu. Ixu, really? Yeah, I would, I would <laughs> I like take him over Ixu. Oh, but, but, yeah, right. So yeah, it's interesting. And again, just to clarify once more, one more time, we did home country, not where they are nationalized or or residents, legal residents. So that kind of throws a just to keep things simpler. So all right, um, yeah. So that's the the gold card Invitational World Cup. It's gonna be interesting. Get your get your votes out, and obviously mix it up with us. If we forgot a player, let us know, and that you know, let us know before. We put the polls out because we probably yeah, forgot we, some people. <laughs> we know we forgot some people for sure. I'm waiting to see who it was. All right. So let's jump into some news. A um, couple news pieces. Most of them pretty small. But, I I mean, I'll do the easiest ones first. So if Vitality announced their roster. It's, like, mostly the same. Or it's mostly the same, like, what we thought was going to be the roster before the season with the exception of, uh, was it is Crazy or Chris Crazy? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna look the article Price. right now. Price, Price, Price yeah, the one from UOL. Uh, I'm just gonna look the announcement up right now, and I'll just yeah. say it so I don't screw this up. Mm-hmm. Cries is Excel, right? Yeah, uh, Cries yes. Excel. Yes, sorry, yes. Sorry, 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 sorry. Him and Special are like the one promoted. Yeah. Vitality finally got Molito on the roster. Yes, Oof. that's that was the big one, and they had somebody else. Too. Ng, Ng, Ng. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then Comp and Jack Troll or Comp and Lebrov. That's still surprising. Still surprising how Jack Troll started. Someone I retweeted earlier today, somebody that's not even related to us at all, some other fan just tweeted, like, what kind of did Jack Troll, like, sell his soul to the devil or something? Like, how is this guy still on a roster? Jack Troll has to just be a scrim god. Like, that's my theory. Blackmail. Locker room room guy, maybe? Blackmail. Maybe he's just a nice dude. No, like I don't I've know. Seen his like, tweets. He is not. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just a nice guy, a good team player, a locker. Yeah, like John says, he's a locker room guy, yeah. the leader in the locker room. It could be like Avramu, right? Like, yeah, on the, like on the downward part of his career, but like bring something good to the game or something like that. I don't know. I guess, I guess like what's the so the question here is like, is this team? I mean, obviously this team's not really going to compete for anything big, but like. Melissa was pretty exciting going into the season. I kind of thought that they'd be okay with him. And, I mean, they're bringing in a new jungler and a second support player. Yeah, is... we've seen NG before. He was, he was solid, but, like, not super exciting. Comp was pretty good last season. Their support position is still kind of questionable. I don't know if LeBron, how good he'll end up being. If Cabochard plays the way he played two splits ago, he's very, very good. Last split, he was fine, but his team was awful, so it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I actually think, like, with this team, if, if Melissa is actually good, then they could be – you know what's weird about this whole thing is Skeens, right? Like, I thought Skeens was really good last year or last season. 
Yeah, he played pretty well. I'm a little surprised they didn't stick with it. Yeah, like that's the, to me that's the biggest question mark. Like, I would have liked to have seen Skeens and Melissa, but I'm guessing Melissa and NG played a lot together. Didn't they say Skeens was that they promoted him too early, or was that someone else? I forget. But someone they relegated back to academy because they thought they upgraded him too fast today. It's, it's weird because like I actually thought he was quite good this season. I don't know. Yeah, so he had some good moments. He had some good moments. Yeah, Vitality thought. announced the roster. Um, I think Excel announced special, basically special starting. That was like the only big change, unless I'm with Cry, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And and Cry's playing top lane, right? So, um, there've been a couple of other roster announcements. Uh, we're gonna touch more on those next week, where we're going to be talking about our thoughts going into the summer, basically. Power, basically an abbreviated, shorter version of the power ranking show that we did before the spring season, because there have been fewer moves. Uh, there's a lot less to talk about, and we're just mostly going to touch on the teams that have changed a lot, or that we think might be bigger upgrades and bigger downgrades. So that's going to be next week's show. So uh, I'm not going to do too many other roster, uh, actually, any more roster move news tonight. So uh, this one broke right after we finished up last week which was Yamato Cannon is going to be coaching Sandbox in the LCK. He's going to be the first non-Korean head coach in the LCK. Uh, head coach, because there have been analysts and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, this one's, I mean, it's history-making. Really cool, too, because I've always had a lot of respect for Yamato, and we've talked about him on here a lot as well, about he's very good at coming up with something for, like, one or two splits like a strategy that takes a while for people to figure out, but is usually very effective in the time that they're using it. Then sometimes it tends to be after a few splits, people can kind of figure his teams out, but he's usually very, very good at putting together like good runs with mediocre rosters using cool strategies. So that's a smart pickup, man. I like, I like Yamato. Yeah. I think the thing I like most about Yamato's coaching style is that he's, he's like an identity coach in a weird way. Like he finds, he will find a team's character. Like, whatever that team is good at, he will find that and and push them to be extremely good at that. They might be really linear. All of his teams are typically pretty linear teams. But he finds whatever they're good at very quickly and makes them very good at whatever they're good at, which is just good in certain spots, right? I'm super uh, – I don't know if you're about to say anything else, but – I was just say, I, I'm super excited for this because, uh, like, he comes from the Cabo camp, right? And now he gets Summit. Like, man, that could be sick to see him actually get unleashed um, if, if they can figure it out. Because it just seemed like last play, like, he, they never really figured it out. Part of that was meta. Part of that was probably his opinion on the game versus his coaches and teammates. Um, he was getting sudden in and out. You know, Summit could have been jungle relationships. Who knows? Um, but I, I'm really excited for the potential that that has for him to really just, like, take back over, you know, top lane king and some people and stuff like that. I think, to me, the most interesting part of this whole thing is, like, the like like John was mentioning. I call it the Peter Laviolette effect. Peter Laviolette was a, is a, an NHL coach that historically has very good teams in, like, the first two years of his tenure. And then they kind of fall off. But he has kind of, like, a hard-ass, like, you know fire and brimstone kind of coaching style, but he reminds me a lot of that where teams eventually grow tired of it or get figured out or whatever. Anyway, I think the most interesting part of this whole thing is that it's going to introduce some European flavor to Korea. And I, to me, that can only help like Korea's biggest problem is not talent at all. 
do we all agree with that? Like they have players. That's not the problem. Oh yeah, definitely. The problem is that there's a little bit, it's, they're like overly conservative. Like as a region, there's some teams that break the mold of that. Right. But in general, they could use some, they could use some spice, like for lack of better terms. So yeah, they, they need a G2 over there. They need somebody over there. That's going to mess with them and, and force them to play outside their comfort zone and, Play with some weird picks and some weird styles. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about the the mid cup mid season cup in a second, which I I'm super excited for because I think it can only help both regions a lot. I think they're both gonna learn a lot from each other from this, which is nice. But bring some European the Europeans they do weird shit. Like I actually think Europe is probably the weirdest region, even more than China, and like of the major regions, I think Europe is probably the weirdest one. Like, the only – I mean, China has 17 teams, so you're going to see some weirder stuff, I guess. But, like, pound for pound, I think Europe is most willing to do something new or different. Um, a lot of the Chinese teams, they do weird things, but they're set in their ways and how they do it. Like, they have a set team identity that they do. Europe is really quick – and it's been a strength of theirs. Europe is very quick to just adapt something that's good that they think is good, and they'll try it. Like, they're willing to take a chance and try a weird draft. And all it's all the teams, not just G2 or Fnatic, right? Except maybe Origin. Origin doesn't. That's not their style. But it's. I think I think this can only help Sandbox. And for a team that was, like, kind of middling but still has some talent on it, uh, I think there's a great move as long as the transition is okay. Yeah, I think <clears throat> I saw on Twitter that, like, it's going to really help that Gorilla previously played, like, in the LCS. So, like, he has that English-speaking background to help translate. One of the aspects that's a little bit underrated that I'm excited for is that LS hates Yamato Cannon. So if he has to cast a sandbox game, that could be really, really interesting. Or I wonder if they'll just like not let him cast them. I don't know. Uh, but that could be think about that. Yeah. Like apparently they hate or he hates him. I, I don't know. That's spicy. Bring some more spice. I mean, I love the LCK. You guys know this, but like they could definitely use some spice. Like it can, o- to me, it can only help. And if you're sandbox, like why not? Right. Try something different. T1 had an anal- had a North American analyst. Well, he wasn't North American. I forget where he's from, but I think he's French, actually. But they had an English-speaking analyst that just did, like, an- like strictly analytical work. You know, like, researching drafts, what you know, scouting opponents, stuff like that. Um, super interesting. Um, Ashley Kang did a really good interview with him, if you guys get a chance to check that out. Um, I don't know if you guys have. Have you guys seen what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Having to watch it, I'll shoot. I'll shoot you guys a link because it's like a really good watch. The dude is, uh, I would say, doing a lot of things that we would appreciate as betters. So, <laughs> um, super, super interesting stuff. A lot of like modeling and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for this move. I think it's going to be great. Uh, anything else on this one? All right, no, I think cool. that's all. I think it's cool. This one's real short. Um, instead of doing Monday Night League, we're doing Friday Night League. And uh, I liked Monday Night League. There was nothing going on on Monday nights, but it's going to make my grind a little tougher. But uh, I don't know. They're probably just experimenting with different viewing formats. They'll probably get a, they'll probably get a lot of viewers doing this. Yeah, this is kind of – it's one of those mixed things. We go from having two days that are like half days kind of on the weekend, having LEC on Friday with no LCS and LCS on Monday with no LEC, like two kind of half days having a full day with lcs and lec on fridays but then nothing on mondays can't tell which one i prefer having an extra day off or having two shorter days we'll have to see how it feels because i think we all kind of liked monday night league 
I do think what's going to be cool about this is that it opens up the opportunity to do to do some really whack like sl- like DFS slates. Like you could do, like you could do a second, like you could do an EU slate. Like it will be better slate. for DFS because we won't have like two gamers are the worst types mm-hmm. of slates, especially best so, ones. So I think yeah, I think it'll definitely be better for DFS. Yeah, I kind of tweeted this out too. It would be more. It would wind the pool, so it would allow for more, for less ties, and which has been an issue. But as a viewer, I'm just imagining myself sitting through the whole LEC, watch some LCS, not getting enough sleep to just to watch the LPL and LCK, and then the following day I have a full schedule of LEC and LCS. Again. Yeah, that that's the grind that I'm not I'm psychologically preparing for now because I'm going to be writing on all of these things. So it's like I kind of liked having only eight games to write about for NA and then having the the break and just two on Monday. It was kind of nice to spread it out that way. Now it's just going to be like my Fridays. I'm not sleeping Fridays and Saturdays. It's going to be crazy. But um, I think what's cool about this too is you could have like you could have like a Friday plus Friday night slate, and you could also have a Friday night plus Saturday LEC like LCS plus LEC slate, which could be cool. Like you could do like Friday Friday night. You could do Friday afternoon, Friday night, and then Friday night Saturday morning, and then also Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, like we do for the, the, the full 10 games or whatever now. So, like, there's all sorts of different DFS things that this opens up, which is interesting. And I think that's the silver lining to take from this, right? I think, I mean, honestly, like, all these things are valid, but I don't think any of them will happen. Like, yeah, that's totally reasonable. <laughs> well, because at least all LCS have yeah. all 10 been on Saturday forever, and they've never combined those. So, like, I don't think they're going to – I think it's still going to be – LEC five game slate, LCS two game slate, LEC five game slate, LCS five game slate. Yeah, I hope they expand it, but I think you're probably right. That's probably what yeah. they're doing. I hope they expand it though, because seven game slates would be cool. We've never had them before, and I would love to see seven game yeah. slates. I hope at the very least they do LE- Friday LEC plus the two Friday night games. Like, if they do nothing else, just add that, and that'd be a nice contest. Seven game slate would be pretty cool. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, one last bit of news. We had the LCK franchising applicants. So for those that don't know, the LCK is moving to a franchising model. Um, the promotion tournament we just saw is the last one that will ever happen. Uh, so there were 25 applicants ranging from all different kinds of investment companies to teams that own sports teams to other esports organizations. I think the two most notable ones are Energy and FaZe Clan. FaZe Clan, obviously, of, uh, CSGO fame and other, you know, shooters. Uh, Energy, I believe, is owned by a bunch of, like, Shaq and a bunch bunch of professional athletes and performers and stuff. So those are, like, the two big ones. I think FaZe Clan had, I mean, this has been talked about a lot on Twitter, but FaZe Clan had kind of a match-fixing scandal that happened. or And, like, yeah, was it CSGO skin gambling, I think it was? Like, they owned, one of their owners owned a site, and they were promoting it, like, fraudulently or yeah, something like that. like, Honestly, FaZe Banks, who's like the guy behind FaZe, is just a huge piece of garbage. He's just been in the news like a thousand times, always just being a huge piece of garbage. So I like I think we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but I just don't see any way that FaZe is ever getting in. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think the thing to remember with Riot Korea is that they are I would say like hyper conservative is like the way like I mean that's the shortest way to describe them. Like they're very old school. Um like something that people aren't bringing up is why would they even consider like energy 
most of the Korea, like the LCK teams are mostly all owned by fairly wealthy, like investment groups and big companies like Korean telecom, et cetera, et cetera. Team I can't see, huge. Yeah. I can't see much reason for them to go to outside teams. Like clearly all the teams that are in the league right now have applied and some of the challenger teams have applied and they're already all Korean based, all owned by big companies. I can't see much reason why they would want to include like organizations that are not traditionally from Korea that aren't any richer or more famous than the ones I already have. I mean, they could, they could look at it as like a way to diversify to bring in an international audience. Um, I know the only reason like a lot of these other, like these Western organizations have applied is because the LCK does have a stout, like a, a very strong international following. I think in part because they've had such a strong English broadcast for so long, you know, people can think what they want about the broadcast side overall over the, entire course of its career the lck has had the strongest english broadcast right so i i think that's and they've had a good following um so i, I could see energy uh, to me apk is the only team that's going to get like apk or sandbox maybe are like the teams that are going to get like bought out i don't think the players yeah. are going to change but uh, I yeah think what happens if sandbox brings in yamato and then gets kicked out of the league well, that's, well, they won't get. Ki- they're not going to get kicked out. They will just the players. Will, the players are, are where they are, and I mean, unless they get bought out, and then the players get their contracts scrapped, and then they just bring in a whole new team, which could happen. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I mean, I'm not actually sure about the contract legality of all this stuff. So don't take out take all this with a grain of salt. But um, to me, like, I mean, APK is the smallest budget team that I, from my understanding, so I could see them just getting bought out by one of these like energy or like honestly like even one of the challenger korea teams Jin air or i mean i don't think they're gonna let griffin in after all the bullshit that's happened over the last year but i hope Jin air comes back dude i love you please bring back Jin air i was just gonna say in response to john too like it could just be that maybe they're looking to do this in conjunction with the yamato signing to really just try and get a global impact like, like maybe it makes sense to just do both those moves get a western organization in get their fan base in and get Yamato in who has a pretty big following, you know, like maybe, I don't know. I mean, if they're trying to globalize a little bit or get even more globalized presence, maybe that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you're going to do that, I think energy is probably the go-to or whatever they want to brand energy as. Cause energy is like, there's a boatload of money behind it. They own the King. I think it's the Sacramento Kings. They own like they, there was a boatload of investment money there and, like I think that's the team. If there's if there's going to be one team that gets it, it's going to be Energy. I think there, there were a couple other notable applicants too, but I don't know. I don't I don't want to go too far into this, but it's just something interesting. I think if I had to handicap it, most likely it's just going to stay the same. Like maybe a team rebrands, but it's the same ownership or something like that, like we did with Rocks Tigers and all that. So what would be funny is if uh, go ahead. no, no, you're good. I say what would be funny is if like. <laughs> Team Liquid just buys the slot and then they just like sell their slot to someone else in NA or something like. Oh my god! Become a Korean team or something like, or like uh, CLGU back in the day. <laughs> I I want them to unlock regions. I know they never will. I get and I get why they shouldn't, but I I kind of wish they could just let G two go play in CK or something. I think that'd be so <laughs> cool. I don't know. Anyway, I, it's pipe dream. All right, um, we are. Just under an hour into the show, and we actually have lines for the midseason cup that's happening. So I think we'll go into that, and then we'll get on out of here. So the midseason cup, it's going to be two groups of four, uh, a best of one round robin, 
so they're only going to do one game against each, I think, and I think side selection is going to be randomly determined from my understanding. Um, so each team's going to play three games, kind of like EU Masters group stage was, where instead of like Worlds where they play two games within the group, it's just going to be one. Uh, so we have Group A is T1, Fun Plus Phoenix, Damn One Gaming, and Top Esports. Group B is JDG, Gen G, Dragon X, and Invictus. So the top two teams from each of these groups, after the group stages played out on Thursday and Friday next week, are going to go into a playoff where it's best of five. And the first game of this best of five is going to be Blind Pick. Talk about, oh my god, man. So, for those that don't know, there's a lot of new listeners, a lot of new people that are new to the scene. Blind pick is, there's no draft. There's no bans. Well, I'm, I'm not sure how they're going to do it with bans now. In the past, there were no bans. You could pick whatever. You could have a mirror match. You could have Echo versus Echo. You could have, you know, Maokai versus Maokai. Right? So, blind pick is something the LCK used to do years ago for Game 5s in playoff series. If it went to a Game 5, it would be blind pick. The reason being that, you know, one side gets side choice twice, another side gets side choice twice. Why should another one get a third for free? So blind pick was the true 50-50 to the people that organized Korea. For those that don't know, the famous Faker vs. Ryu, ZVZ play from, you know, five years, six years ago now. Jeez. That was a blind pick game. That was a blind pick game five. Blind pick is super interesting. And I think for an exhibition, not an exhibition entirely, but there's prize money on the line. For a tournament like this, I think it's a great, great, you know, piece of spice to throw into the into the, the cooking here. Thoughts it's awesome. Blind pick? Like, blind pick is just awesome in general. Like, throwing it into the mix is just super cool. It allows for all kinds of bizarre matchups and... Weird mirror matches like we're talking about. Just really cool. I'm excited. And weird strategies because they don't get to see it. Yeah, they don't get to see what you're up to. So you can pick an entire weird comp and they they won't have the counter comp for you. You can pick a laner that gets hard countered by stuff because they can't counter you. So, yeah, just really, really awesome. This is it. Master Yi Tarek Funnel is coming. I'm here for it. I think it's going to happen. Or Kale Yi. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hyped for this because you're not going to be able to prep for it, which is going to be super exciting. And there's so many mind games with this too, where it's like, okay, well, how off the how off the beaten path are they going to go? Like that's what you could just be saying like juggernaut comps too, just like protect the carry, some sort of insane. Like I wish RNG was in it, honestly, because if Uzi just came back for this, he just came back for the first game of their first Breath of Five, and they just give him something insane and just Damn. pick forced to play with it yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be super interesting so uh do we want to talk so i'll 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 lay the the outrights of the futures out um the futures markets that i've seen so the favorite to win the tournament is jdg they just won the lpl a lot of people think the lpls is favored they deserve to be so because they've won the last two world championships it's a very strong league jdg are the current favorite at plus 400 then there is a, a a co you know co second co co favorites I guess uh, in top t one and fun plus all at plus four fifty gen g's at plus five fifty invictus at plus seven hundred dragon x at plus nine hundred and damwon at plus fourteen hundred 
Those are the eight teams. Those are the futures markets, and they are going to inform the lines accordingly. So, uh, before we go into the actual individual matchups, we, with those outrights in mind, and with maybe your thoughts on this tournament going in, big picture topics that are big picture concepts that you guys want to communicate to the listeners going into this tournament. Uh, I think that these games will generally be higher kill. Like they'll, they'll be like, oftentimes I feel like in these exhibition formats, like everyone still wants to win, but you'll see a lot of people going for more the shy type plays. You know, the shy does it at all times, but you'll see like maybe even like Chovy doing stuff like that. Like something that would be pretty uncharacteristic for him. Uh, so yeah, you'll see a lot more of that, not much skirmishing. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you're going to see things get a little bit wilder, a little bit more trolly than you would traditionally see, like uh, between these teams. I mean, there's good money for first place, but I, I think you're going to see them be a little bit wilder and have a little bit more fun with this. Which also makes me think that maybe uh, I wouldn't bet this the same way I would bet it if it was the World Championship and it was these teams. I think I have like a strategy. If this was the World Championship and we're playing all hands on deck to win the tournament then I think there's a very clear way to bet this. It's a little bit more murky with the fact that it's more of an exhibition. So that that in mind... Uh, oh, Chris, go ahead. Sorry. I don't, wanna... um, I don't really have too much of that. I think uh, the first day I would maybe look more towards the underdogs than I would the favorites. Yeah. I'm, so, like, I mean, for me, I'm looking more that, like, I, I think this is going to be a closer tournament than people think. That's my opinion anyway. I know that people might not necessarily agree with that. To me, there's, there's like, five teams that I think are could win this tournament reasonably. And I think there's three teams that almost definitely won't, but one of those three I could see running hot and doing really well. So, to to me, this is, this is T1 Fun Plus, Top Esports, uh... Dragon X and JDG. I think those are like the five teams. I think they all have a very reasonable shot. I think the outrights uh, indicate that uh, reasonably. Um, I think Damwon Damwon and Invictus to me are kind of a cut below the rest of these teams in quality that we've seen so far this season. I think G just lost their coach. That's something we need to remember too. Uh, they lost their head coach, uh, Edgar. I think Gen is being overvalued. I think for a tournament like this, IG and Dragon X are being undervalued. That's how I'm looking at this big picture. As we go into individual matchups, maybe, you know, we can kind of determine on a more microscopic level who we think the tiers are in this tournament. Like, big picture, do you guys agree that there's five teams? Is there six teams? Like, what do you think? John, is there like six teams that can win this tournament reasonably? So I think there's like I actually think there's like six and a half. Like tier tier list this out for you. Like just in general. Like just a quick tier list. Doesn't have to be in a particular order. Uh I think JDG Top and T one are in a tier by themselves. I think FPX and Dragon X are in the next tier. Gen G is in a tier by themselves. Then Damwon is in a tier by themselves, and then IG is by far the worst team in the tournament. That's my like wow. how I view it. I think the only team that has no chance of winning this is IG. And Damwon has a very long outside chance. But I, I could see them catching fire. Keep in mind that the, we're going to have a, probably a different metagame here from what we saw in like the playoffs for these regions. So 
teams that weren't looking as good at the end of the season might have found some new stuff by the time we see this with a with a different metagame. So I, I honestly think the only team that can't win is IG. I just think Layan is not close to good enough to compete in this event, and their bot lane's not good enough versus these teams either. Rookie and the Shy would have to do some serious miracle work. I mean, the thing is, they can. Like, so, like to me, I had this as the five that I mentioned, and I kind of think like to, to me, it's like T one JDG are like a cut above everyone, and then it's like a big clump of like T one or uh, not T one. Uh, I think it's like top Dragon X and Fun Plus in like the next group, but I think Fun Plus could definitely be better. And I actually think like Invictus have a better chance than Damwon does, just in terms of like running hot. I, I don't. If Rookie was Knight, then they might have a shot. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get tonight. Episode's over. I'm I gotta on. go. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Like, so it seems like we're mostly on the same page. Maybe some disagreement on on Invictus. Like, jo- like Josh and Chris, what do you guys think? Like, are you as down on Invictus as John is? Because I I don't think I'm quite as down, but I I see that logic and it makes sense to me. Invictus is my favorite bet of this tournament. I'll just say that. I think Invictus and DRX are tied for my two favorite bets. So, and like, I'm I'm fine with being called out on this when it falls to the ground, but I still think DRX is better than T1. So the fact that they have double the odds, like, let me hammer that all day. Um, I also think that in any sort of coin flip tournament, you want the people who practice coin flipping the most, and that is literally the shy's whole job and livelihood. So, dude, the shy blind pick. Yeah, and I think <laughs> yeah, I'll just say I, I think the two teams that I would say don't have a chance in this are Damwon, and I don't think Gen G really does. Personally, those would be my bottom two in terms of like actually who I'd expect to win it. I think the other six are more, but. Honestly, like my top tier of who I would expect to be able to like win this, just this style would legitimately be like, I, I would actually have T1, maybe even like fifth or sixth in that list, just because they play T1 is just like better at doing a bunch of little things correctly when there's like reduced variability in my opinion. But like, I struggle to see how they would transition to a more solo QS environment. Um, so I think that they could have some issues with it, but you know, I, I've been wrong like plenty of times before, but yeah, I, I don't think one of the, the lower chances to win in my opinion. So you're looking more, you're looking at this more as like, since it's, I mean, conceivably you could win this tournament with what you know, two and one in groups and go, you really only need to win like eight or nine or, or eight or 11 games to win the 11. I think it's going to be, cause it's going to be, yeah. You only really need to win 11 games to win this tournament. So, like, I could see the argument for wanting to take ceiling over consistency. So, I mean, I'm not personally that style, but I am factoring that in, which is why I'm not as low on IG as John is. But like, Chris... does, Invictus, does Invictus even have ceiling versus these teams? That's my thing. Like, all they have is Rookie and the Shy. Yeah. And when you're looking at Rookie and the Shy, and they're comparing up against... Like, who's the Baker worst top in, in this to, like in this tournament? Nobody yeah, like, in Showmaker? Not, yeah, like nobody's that probably. Much, nobody's that much worse than Rookie and the Shy, where they're just gonna like completely dumpster them. They'd have to just do some miracle stuff against a really tough competition, I think. I also think that like they have a really tough group, which doesn't help. I mean both these groups are tough. That's a, kind of a dumb thing, but like I I think JDG has has read them like a book. Uh I think I don't know. They have to f- play against like wildly different styles in this group. 
which is interesting. I don't know. I, I I do mostly think that it's like it's there's like a top five, and I don't see any of the bottom three winning this tournament. Not that they're bad teams, but I don't think any of the bottom three. Like for me, the bottom three are Invictus, Damwon, and Gen G, because I think Gen G stylistically is just a more extreme version of T1. Like they're less versatile than I think T1 is. So that's how I'm approaching this tournament. Um, you guys want to just go into the lines? We'll do so. We only have lines for the first two days. Group A is going to play on group on Thursday. Group B is going to play on Friday. I wrote Group A twice. Let me change that. And uh, from there, we'll determine. It's just going to be two days of groups, and then that will determine the two teams advancing out of that group, which is kind of cool because it's going to be rapid fire. You're going to be out of this tournament in six hours, which is kind of neat. So um, Thursday morning, I think it's a 3 a.m. start, Eastern, that is, Eastern United States. So we have T1 Fun Plus uh, Pick'em. Split minus one fifteens. I think I like T one here. I do also. Same. FPX has has looked solid lately, but they haven't looked a cut above like they were looking last year. And T one has looked a cut above the LCK. So this will be kind of a a show off match for me as far as like I'm going to bet T one. But if Fun Plus wins this matchup and wins it convincingly, or looks very good winning it, and there's nothing weird going on with the compositions. That might tell you what you need to know about Korea's chances to win the tournament because yeah. I don't think Fun Plus is one of the strongest representatives from China. So I think I think it's totally reasonable that Fun Plus. I mean, it's the best of one. That's the other thing to consider with these things. So, like, that's going to shade how I'm factoring in a lot of these these selections. But um, just keep in mind the group stage is best of one, so you're only going to get one shot, one game. So, uh, Josh, what do you think on this one? I feel like this is gonna be a rough one. I'm <laughs> a, a rough like picking, but I'm on. A, I'd be on FBX here. I just think like, like I said, the variability factor. I think Doimbi in and of himself is a variability factor, uh, and obviously Faker's one of the best to ever play the game. But I just think like they have more outs than T1 in my opinion. It's gonna be like one of the highlights to watch. There's a couple of ma- highlight matchups to really watch in this tournament. I think Faker Doimbi is one of them. Uh, I think Faker Doimbi. I think Nogari. Oh, we're not going to see, potentially not going to see Nogari in the Shy. We're going to see Zoom in the Shy, which we've seen before. But uh, yeah, there's a couple, a couple cross league matchups that are going to be really interesting in this tournament. So, um, oh, you're, you're back. Wait, do, oh, we got to, we got to figure that out. What was it again? Oh, the night, the night beer bet. We have to figure that out. I'll, I got to put this down. Wait, is is it rookie Chovy or is it Night Chovy? It's Night Chovy. Yeah, Night Chovy. He was Night Chovy. Yeah. Which we may not see. We probably will see. Anyway, Chris, T1 Fun Plus, pick them. Or is this just a pass because of the juice? No, I think this one's bettable. It's really coin flip, like y'all mentioned. I do like T1 based on how they finish and how well they look together. But I'm also thinking the narrative place. This is not really based on anything that T1 typically has a slow start to most things. Um. I don't know. I, would we see the Khan playing? That would be interesting to me if Khan starts with Fun Plus. That's an interesting angle that I didn't really think about in this whole thing because Khan does have familiarity with this team, so maybe that's best of one angle. I don't know. Um, if Khan starts, I am hammering whatever the live line is. Yeah. Oh, for Fun Plus? Yeah, that's, that is a, a pretty serious revenge narrative there. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm actually going to wimp out and pass on this one because I don't, I think this is like an actual legit. 
I would lean T one, but I don't want to like I don't want to lay that much juice generally. And I probably... really want to. Last time we had a tournament that was similar to this, they had lost in sixteen minutes to Jackie Loves Draven. Oh so. my god! Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll pick Fun Plus, but I'm probably or not Fun. I'm going to pick T one, but I'm probably not going to bet it it's because I think the juice is too much. Oh, we'll see. Keep an eye on this because a lot of times people will. This is going to be like recency bias of Worlds versus recency bias of LCK winner. So I think like a lot of people, this is one that you might want to wait and see which way the line moves if it does. Because if people see like, oh yeah, it's T1, they always win these kind of things, and they bet T1, then Fun Plus is the play. If people are like, oh, Fun Plus just won the World Championship, they're the play. And you know, I think if I got, were... I'm with you. That's all I'm saying. I'm yeah. with you. If I got plus 120 on either team. Be a if I got plus, plus one ten, if I got plus hundred on either of these teams, I'm taking that probably. So I don't know, we'll see. I just don't want to lay one fifteen for both. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of juice. Anyway, damn one plus one ninety one top esports minus two fifty six. All right, I don't like damn one in this tournament, but this feels a little rich, doesn't it? In a best of one. Like, I can I'm, see a case for them on winning for because of the best of one. That's the only thing. And they want to show up. They want to get this stink off their reputation about being a bad team. And they're on. It's, it's, while it's not world's important, I'm sure that there's some motivation factors. It'd be like, we're not hot garbage. Yeah, like, like this, this isn't, I mean, I'm certainly not betting top here in a best of one. Yeah, I'm not playing minus two fifty six for any team in this tournament against any other team in this tournament. Yeah, I don't think I I hard agree with that. Like, not in a best of one anyway. John doesn't believe in Knight versus Showmaker is what I heard. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen, Showmaker leveling that account to challenger, playing one game on every champion is pretty impressive. I mean, it's not a, a reason to bet them, but you know, I, I think it's just too much to lay in a best of one against like I think Damwon is the worst team in this tournament. But Damwon are still capable of beating any of the teams in this tournament, like on a good day. Like I actually think Damwon's the worst team in this tournament by a good margin. Like I think they're worse than IG, because like we saw bad IG and they were still like the top team. Like they were still first place in the LPL at the end of the regular season. Damwon barely made playoffs, and it took a colossal collapse from Afrika for them to even make playoffs. And they they looked okay in playoffs, like, better than they did all season. So maybe you can make the argument that they're trending in the right direction, but I, I'm i just – this is just a pass for me. It's too much to pay for top, and, I mean, maybe you could take the taste of damn one at that number. I think i just pass on this one. All right. Uh, T1 minus 278, damn one plus 200. Same reasoning. I was going to say, just one uh, – back on the top damn one – one thing here is if we get kill lines, I would look at whatever the over is, regardless of the number, because uh, these are two teams I could just see like just sprinting head on into each other the entire game. Yeah, I mean it'll depend on the line. If the line's inflated, if it's like twenty eight and a half or something like that, then obviously maybe you go the other way. But uh, one thing just to mention, we kind of talked about it before going into the big picture on this thing, where we we're talking about how the games tend to be a little more. I kind of think that there's since there's actual like good prize money available in this tournament compared to previous versions that maybe we see a little bit less of that. Also, these two regions, there's a lot of actual competition, so I think there's a reasonable chance we we see some serious games here. 
if they devolve, then they do. And I think that's a consequence of the teams involved, not necessarily that. That's my thought anyway. I, I don't think these teams are going to be treating it as an exhibition. I think they're going to want to show off against each other. That's, I think they, yeah, that's they're going to want to win, but I think they're going to want to show off. There's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say egos because I don't want to say it in like a negative way, but there's a lot of dudes in this tournament that would really like to beat a lot of the other dudes in this tournament. That's true. That's a good way to put it. Uh, so, I mean, T1 were miles better than damn one this season, but it's hard to lay this much in a best of one. Same reasoning as the previous match, right? Yeah, line's just too big for me. I'll be passing this one. Yeah. Any strong thoughts on this one? Any damn one supporters? Yeah, I, I mean, the on principle, I might take a – like, if I was going to bet this game, I would bet damn one just because, like, I don't think they should be that – like, I don't think they should be 10 points worse odds than they are against top, personally. I don't think the gap between T1 and top is really that much, unless you're saying it's familiarity gap or something. But yeah. I, I think it's a pass, I agree. Okay. I was – 250 or something, but I'm gonna like the damn one kill spread here because it's probably gonna be in the four and a half, five and a half range. And T1 had a really low margin of victory this season, so that's like another thought on this one. Like, if you get like a six, if they hang like a six and a half or a seven on damn one, which makes sense given the line, then if you can get like plus six and a half kills for damn one, I, I like that a lot because T1 tend to play really tight games. Like, they might win decisively, but it might be, like, you know, 12-4 to 4 or 12-6 to 6 or something like that. So, um, Fun Plus, plus 102, top esports, minus 135. Give me Fun Plus. Nope, it's not good enough for me. Really? I think I just end up passing this one. I think If it was a little bit further the other way, I think I might go with Fun Plus, but I think this is, like, top should be a slight favorite, which is what they are. I'm treating these teams as equal. Minus 135. The juice is a little heavy for me to go top here, but if they were like minus one ten, I'd probably bet top. Any strong take either side of this? Or are we all treating it the same way, where it's like this is like kind of close to a fifty fifty, maybe like a fifty four forty six kind of thing? All yeah. Right. We're talking T one versus top. No, fun plus top. Oh, fun plus top. Uh, no. Yeah. All right. Fun plus minus two twenty two, damn one plus one sixty three. Nah, not enough. Yeah, it's they're they've gotten these lines good enough where they're not like super enticing for me. Yeah, I, I kinda thought I really wish it wasn't damn one. Like I seriously wish it wasn't damn one. Like uh Gimme give gimme give KT in this tournament. They would have been more interesting. Uh maybe not though, because damn one at least have some talent. Like KT I, I don't know. That's a different argument. Uh, this is all for me. I'm not a huge fan of that line either. Probably a pass. Maybe fun plus kill spread in that spot. I'm not laying the money line on it, but I kind of like the fun plus kill spread if it's reasonable. T1 plus 102, top esports minus 135. I'm going T1 here too. I already bet this one. I will take T1 as well. Yeah. It's no disrespect to top. I just think like I'm taking I'm taking the dogs like in these close matchups. Like I'm taking Fun Plus and TOP or Fun Plus and T1 in both these spots. I think. Yeah. Any objections? Ah, oh, got it. Dog aggro. John's got dog aggro. Got it. Anyway. Yeah. No. I for me like the underdogs. I wish they were giving me just a bit more. Like, yeah, plus one hundred two is. Just not good enough for me in a lot of these spots because I do think T1 is a is a real is an underdog, and but I would bet them if it was much further 
in the underdog level. I think they they did a pretty decent job with the lines. Is it one? If it was one ten, would you take T one? Yeah, that's like right about where I start to think that I'm taking yeah. T one. Is right about the plus one ten ish area. I'm kind of so this was this was kind of weird for me because I actually I, I looked at these and I put some bets in on this tournament today. Uh, I took fun plus and T one. Weirdly, because like I, I kind of am not entirely convinced that the line's going to go the other way. What I'm probably going to do is go back to these and hit them again closer to the tournament. When I think my thought is, people are going to bet the favorites because uh, typically that's what happens in these tournaments. So I, I think this is going to end up like minus one forty plus one ten. So I'll be able to go back. So I put like a half stake on T one and Fun Plus today. Just in case it doesn't go back, because I do think that like it's fifty fifty. Like I, I actually think that they, you know, T one should be favored in this spot. Unpopular opinion. Uh, the fun plus ones, it's closer to me, but I think T one are better than top. That's just my thought. Um, so to me, I I, I kind of think these are going to go more toward the favorites, which will allow me to go back and go again. But it's kind of like insurance against it. You could argue maybe you should pass instead. That was just how I was thinking about it today. Um. Yeah, obviously these are going to change over the course of the week too. So like, there's a there's a full week until these like it's the tw- May twenty eighth is when this starts. So there's like more than a week from recording, which is the twentieth. So these lines can move, but I think it's important we give our thoughts out now. Uh, go to Thursday, uh, Friday. Or did you have any more thoughts on this one, Josh? Chris, I was going to say it, it's kind of interesting that the way they have it priced, like they they have it priced like the top will go three and zero. And then uh, FPX and T1 will each go 1-1-1, one, one, and, one, and Dan 1 will go 0-3. So, like, it's really kind of odd that they, they're just treating T1 and, and top uh, – or and uh, FPX is equal. Yeah, they're, I don't very, know, it's kind of... they're very bullish on, on T. You know, it's weird, though, because, you, like, you look at the futures, there's, like, a, actually, relative to most futures, even, like, small tournaments, like, 18 tournaments like this, a 16% hold is kind of small for, like, most sports books, right? So – I mean, a lot of times you'll see more. Like the more the more teams there are, the more the hold is going to be. But like, even for an eight team tournament, you usually see in the mid twenties or thirties is like a whole percentage. So goes to show that like there's not a lot of confidence in who's actually going to win. But then you look at the lines for the individual games, and you're right; it implies like a three zero for top, which I mean could happen. I don't think it's that likely to happen. I think you're probably going to see like two ones. Like, oh, Dan one's going to get a maybe. I think Dan one's more likely to get a game than not get a game. Yeah, steal one from somebody. I could definitely see that. Yeah, like, I think it's like 50-50 they get a game. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's what, It's really interesting, too, because we're going to get to see, like, the regional clash, too. Like, there's a chance that, as we've seen the past few years at Worlds, that the Chinese, like, the way the LPL teams play just throws the LCK teams for a loop and they can't deal with it. Maybe the LCK teams figured something out and it goes the other way. Like, that's the I think that's a factor that most people aren't even remotely considering is that maybe the LCK teams figured something out, too. And we see the inverse of what's happened over the last two years. And it's a best-of-one tournament. So oh, we're going to be arguing about sample size after this, too, even though we're getting an actual decent one here. So uh, Friday's group. So Group B. Well, I'm calling it Group B. I don't know what they're actually calling it. So JDG minus 172 against Gen G plus 128. So heavy. Just so heavy with the minus 172. Like, such a big number there. It's just really, uh, it's it's getting me that they're 
that they're not putting out juicier lines for this because I would really like to just be all over this, especially with how much time we've had off. I'd love to just have like a bet on every game, but they're they're pretty tight on this. I think this one feels to me like the one that's going to get inflated the most because JDG just won in impressive fashion. Well, I wouldn't say dominant fashion, but impressive fashion. It was a memorable series, and people tend to think with their memory a lot, like they bet with their memory a lot. I could see money going in on JDG because JD because Genji just got completely embarrassed in their final. I think people are going to be way down on Genji, and you kind of have to find the right balance of how far down should you be because they lost their head coach and because stylistically this could be a challenging tournament for them. But where does that stop? Is like the real question. You know, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Or do I sound like a crazy person right now? Like, no, it makes sense. Like, I think Genji are going to be like the future. Say that they're overrated. But I, I could also see this line becoming like JDG minus 200, Gen G plus 145, and all of a sudden I want to taste a Gen G. Because, like, even stylistically, if like if I think JDG is one of the stronger teams in the tournament, that's fine. I think Gen G is talented enough to take a game off anybody on Earth. Right? Like, I'll take Gen G plus 150 against pretty much anyone in a single game. So, this is one where I'm going to be waiting and looking to JD or looking to Gen G. Especially because I think I actually think I'm. This is the one I'm most confident that the money's going to move on like a lot because Gen G got three would and people are just going to assume they're bad. Plus, people are going to read the news that the coach left, and that's going to be bad. So I could see this getting way inflated, and if it does, then you want to hit Gen G when the number's the highest. So, Josh, Chris, thoughts on this one? I think I'm still expecting JDG to win, but the line is tempting, and like you mentioned, if it goes more for Gen G. Uh, no, I'm done. Something I was thinking about just looking at all of these is like, I don't know, I'm pretty like uh, bearish on Genji in this type of tournament personally. Like I said, when we started out, so like while I don't necessarily love this odds, like I wouldn't hate just doing like a parlay of three games against Genji if, if your book allows it. Like I would actually kind of like those combined odds, especially because they're favored in their next two games. I'd be okay with eating the minus 172, especially if it's going to move further. Um, in like a parlay there. So that, that'd be something to consider if you just like, I don't know, I, I'm kind of down on them. So It's not a bad approach, I don't think. Like, uh, it, the, the thing is like, I'm with you, like I'm down on them, but I also think that there's like a point of no return kind of situation where, or point of like return, not no return, where it's like, if this gets to like 150 or 160, it's going to be pretty hard to convince me not to take some Gen G. Like and I think JDG yeah. is an excellent team. I don't know that. That's I think that's I think we framed how you need to approach this matchup. If you feel strongly one way or the other, feel free. But I think you can wait. I think if you want Gen G, you got to go now. Like if you, if you're willing to lay one seventy two, do it now because I think this goes the I think this goes like far beyond this number. Um, yeah, I say that's to summarize. Like that's my thing. Like I don't want to lay one seventy two. But I'm okay with playing a unit across three teams to get much more back if this hits. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, next up, we have Dragon X plus one two, Invictus minus one thirty five. Uh, kind of a limit tester here. Uh, uh, give me Dragon X. I already bet this. Yeah, I love Dragon X in this spot. It's one of my favorite bets of the entire weekend, if not my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're all on the same team there. Like, and I, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Is it? Like so, do you? Is it just because mm-hmm. it's Invictus? 
I don't think so. Uh, I think we're probably right to take this take this now. People will catch up soon enough that Invictus is not that Invictus, not that great team, and Dragon X is not the traditional LCK slow team either. They're very good. They can adapt well, and I think they are just a way well rounded. I think the the odds are off. Yeah, this is this is weird, right? Like, is this just name brand Invictus? Is that why this like? So like, yeah, like Chris thinks Chris thinks this goes toward Dragon X, like in favor, like they're going to end up being probably. Like this probably goes to like the split one fifteens we saw, right? Do you guys think that, or do you think it goes the other way and people just bet name brand Invictus? You're muted, John. I think Dragon X has money come in. Like I think people are smart enough to see that IG is not the same team that they were in the past, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I also think that there's like a fair amount of the viewer, like the betting viewer base, that plays some DFS as well. And if you play DFS, you know that Dragon X's metrics are fucking bonkers. So. Maybe I, I don't know. I, I I like I said. I already got in on this because I think Dragon X should be favored here. I think Invictus is getting by on name brand value alone, pretty much. Um, Dragon X plus one twenty one against Gen G minus one sixty one. This is my favorite bet of the weekend. I think Dragon X. I, I mean, I think Dragon X is a better team than Gen G. I think Dragon X was the best team in all CK. I know they didn't win, but I think T one proved me wrong. But all season long, until that, even until that finals. I mean, really, until Dragon X lost, I thought they were the best team in the LCK. And it's going to be hard to convince me otherwise. Why is Gen G favored by this much against them? It's weird because it's like they're kind of disrespecting Gen G in some spots and then overly respecting them in other spots, which is just like a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. That was my only hesitation. Like, did maybe Gen G won both series against Dragon X in regular season? I don't remember. I'll look into uh, that now while you're talking. He's- uh, the other thing here is like, um, technically, you know, Gen G got second, Dragon X got third, so like maybe there's some of that playing in. Like, I don't know. Gen G was also first after the regular season, so like Elo models or stuff that take Elo style effects into right. into effect are going to have them rated higher. But um, my only thing with Dragon X is like, I feel like I've, I'm always supremely confident in them, and then they just don't show up. I don't know sometimes, which is a little bit scary for group stage. The regular season was a one. Dragon X won the first series two to one, and Genji won the second one two zero. So they have a three two series lead or three two game lead. Um, the the sec the the two zero was fairly close. Well, one of the games was very close, and then the the yeah so. I don't know. They played each other pretty tight. The metrics say that they're pretty similar teams. I, to me, I just think it's like, wh- like why? Like, at worst, this should be like the same as the last game, like minus one thirty-five for Gen G. I don't minus one sixty-one is too much. Give me the give me Dragon X. All right. Uh, Chris, thoughts on this one? Uh, yeah, this one is Dragon X for me. Um, don't understand the odds. Just got to take it. Good. I think we're on the same page there, which is a little scary. <laughs> but uh, always a little scary. But um, Gen G, or no, JDG, minus 161, Invictus plus 121. I'm in on JDG here. Is this uh, going to be like the only, the quote-unquote big money line you're going to lay? Yeah, the trend of the tournament for me is I don't have any faith in Invictus. And uh, I'm very happy to take somebody at minus 161. That's just fine with me. 
Yeah, I think I'm with you on this one. This is the only favorite I'm going to take on the whole board, I think. That includes yep. the next one as well. I got nothing to add. You're right. The only thing I have to add is we're all going to get Jen Gelati on the DRX game, by the way. Probably. We'll see. There's a, there's a very, very high likelihood on that. The uh, the Genji, uh, just to borrow something from the SGP guys, the Genji Fuck My Life Tour is live and well. So, that's <laughs> so yeah, keep that in mind. Um, next up, we have Invictus plus 102, Genji minus 135. Two, the two teams were probably the most down on. Stylistically, like, this is the kind of game Invictus win just because they're clowns, right? <laughs> like... And Genji are just like, WTF does not compute. Like, how do I deal with this? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you in the sense, but I just don't think that's IG anymore. Like, I think IG is just a, a standard team now. They're not like the crazy stuff that they used to do that caught teams off guard. I think they're... They have one guy. Play, yeah, I think they're just going to play kind of standard and just lose to these guys. I agree. Like, I, I, I kind of think that they are... Everyone attributes the shy and says that that's the whole team's character when that couldn't be further from the truth. That's just one guy. Like for the most part, they're just trying to play standard now. Like it's not IG of two years ago. The shy will bust out weird stuff sometimes, but the team's not doing anything particularly strange. So I also think like rookie's going to have a really hard time carrying his BDD. Like that's, that's a, a very real thing too. Like he's one of the few guys that can stand toe to toe with him. I, to me, I mean, if you're going to make the argument against Invictus, it's that they can't just out-talent people with their two solo laners in this tournament. Like, I think if if they're going to win this game, it's because the Shy just goes nuts on Rascal. Like, I think that's one of the bigger mismatches in the tournament. So you could talk yourself into Invictus, but I don't know. I'm probably just going to pass because I, I, I might like Gen.G too. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm probably just passing this game. I'm on Invictus here. I'm on Invictus on the last one too. I I think this group I think this group goes uh three oh two one one two oh three with the O three being Gen G and the three oh being DRX. Uh and then I, I think wow, okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's that's kinda how I see this group. The other one I could definitely see going like a, a three two ones and an O three or a one three oh and three one and twos. Like I think that one's I feel pretty confident this one ends up. Someone goes three out. Someone goes three. One goes two and one. You're like really. I was I was big on Dragon X, and you're like really bullish on Dragon X. Damn. Like, I, mean, I guess we'll go to the next. Any other thoughts on this one? Because we'll just go to the last game. No. Yeah. I, I, I think Invictus thrives in this type of environment. So. So. Okay. So you like Invictus there. Um, rest of us are on Gen G or passing. No, I'm actually going with Josh. I think this is a. This is probably the only time I would take IG. It's against Genji. I think that matchup, that top lane matchup, is enough of a mismatch potentially that like this is the spot where the shy pops off if he's going to, you know. Um, I mean, not that Rascal's bad. He's just not quite on the as a, like the higher caliber of the players in this tournament, really. Um, last match is Dragon X plus one thirty eight, JDG minus one eighty five. Give me Dragon X. So I guess I'm in on the three zero also. Dude, what's yeah, the par- what's the part the triple dragon X parlay? Oh my god, I'm passing this one. Like, I feel kind of bad about it because I knew everybody was going to be on Dragon X. Yeah, man, I think JD's just better than them. I'm just going to pass. I, I think JDG. Like I mean, all right. Uh, I think JDG and T1 are the two best teams in the tournament. But I do think that this is hard. I, I just can't say no to that number. 
yeah, the number looks nice. I think I end up passing though. So here's another one where like it's a thought the thought experiment of where does the number go or does the stamp pat? Like I think it's more likely that we see like a JDG like it goes to a JDG like we see a JDG minus two hundred or something like that because they just won the LPL Dragon X didn't even make the finals. You know, like I think people are going to bet Dragon X. I think I think it goes the, the other direction. Numbers are too good. Numbers are too yeah, good. I think, so. I think the problem, honestly, is that most people are going to look at the futures and see DRX nine hundred and just hammer it. And then once you've hammered that, the rest of the tournament you want that bet to win. So you yeah. just keep them. You know what I mean? And and also like even people who are looking at the numbers, like DRX had the best underlying statistics of any. LCK team, so like, there's no reason why they would think Dragon X should be less favored or less of an underdog against JDG than Gen G is. You know what I mean? So like, I, I think a lot of that comparative stuff will, will leave the money coming in on, on the DRX side. I think what's interesting too is like, if you look at just the numbers too, like DRX and Gen G. I mean, DRX especially were like the best statistical team in the world. Like they were better than all the LPL teams too. So, I mean, not in everything, but in most of the things that we put a lot of weight on. So, that's an interesting angle. Like, may- maybe because people are real... Co- that- that's a good thought. I mean, that- it's a good thought, and I count- count me- uh, call me call me Chalky, or call me a square for this tournament. Like, you know, because I- that's the line of thinking. That's my favorite outright bet, too. Dragonus should not be plus 900. This should be probably, like, some- everyone should be between 500 and 700 of the top five teams to me. You're, you're muted, John. If you want to be safe and make a little bit of money, I think you're, you'd be pretty safe to bet a unit on JDG, Top, T1, and Dragon X. And give yourself plus five units if Dragon X wins, half a unit on Top and T1, and pay yourself back if JDG wins. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reasonable strategy. I think those are by far the four most likely teams to win that give you some room for profit and stuff as well. Yeah, I think what I'm going to end up doing, and I, I haven't like done the, all the math on it yet, but uh, I think what I'm going to end up doing is just being on T1 and Dragon X outrights, and then seeing how the playoff picture ends up looking. So, like, if I end up getting those two right coming out of groups strong, then you can hit the underdogs in the playoff brackets as as it goes along, and you can kind of like over time insure yourself against that, or you can hedge that way if you wanted to. I haven't done all the math on it yet. I don't know if it works out, but. I think Dragon. I mean, are we all on the same page? Like Dragon X is the best value pick on the board. Nine hundred is just way too much, right? And again, yeah. we're talking futures. The quote-unquote value is, you know, there's still a huge hold on this stuff. So take that as you may. Yeah. Um, that's like a whole separate topic. But um, I, I agree with you, John. I think those are the four teams most likely to take this tournament down. I, I'm a little. I, I like Fun Plus a little more than you do. I think not by much, but I. I I think those five teams are the are the, are the ones to include in this. Like, I don't think Gen G, I G, and Damwon really have that strong of a shot. And I think when you have like a plus five fifth, if you have like the fifth favorite and the sixth favorite to win the tournament, and you're not very confident in them to do so. Then there's probably value in the other teams. So, yeah, uh, pick of the week. I'm yeah, on, I think I mean, for... I'm, on, I'm on I'm on Dragon X against Gen G, plus one twenty one. Yeah, that's, there's not a lot of great ones here. Uh, like, I think we all agreed on some of them, but then we don't have, uh, like, there's not a lot of them to go around. I, I had Knight written down. 
we want to double. I think I think we can, we'll we'll allow double up. There's only twelve games here. You wrote night. You you hit on your night pick last week. That was good. And the and the week before. And the week before. And the week before that. And the week before that as well. <laughs> so the show is sponsored a, by Night, uh, the CEO of League of Legends. Oh yeah, I'm on a bit of a streak here. I gotta say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take. I'll just take T1 minus one fifteen against Fun Plus. Wow, you really. I think you're lower on Fun Plus than I think you are. Yeah, I don't. Th- I I have them like in the second tier, and I have T one in the first tier. So, okay, I think that's, I think that's fair. All right, that's reasonable. I was just gonna say like the. I have this like perception of where I think you think Fun Plus is, and it's like lower than I think it is. So I don't know, Chris. Uh, I have, I'm a little torn. There's the Invictus Gen G. Because once I know I bet on that one, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> happens all the time. Maybe I'll take T1 over TOP. T1 plus 102. Okay. I like that one also. And we'll put these in, but again, as we previously stated, like uh, we kind of gave you an idea where we think the lines are going to move on these and obviously shop around. Because, I mean, I took all these from one book, but if you see better versions of these at anywhere else and – you agree with our line of thinking on things, then I'm sure you could find whatever numbers you want on a lot of these teams. So, no, Josh, hard disagreeing. No, no, yes. I, I was just going to say, like, I'm about to go hard Calvin mode, but on Pinnacle DRX, future is plus 1,045. So, like, can I just make that my pick of the week? Yeah. Like, I, that's so stupid, right? Like, am I crazy? No. T1 plus 291 and DRX is plus 1,045. Like, in what world? Wow, T1's plus 291? Yeah, they have favorite to win it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I... You'll never convince me that T1 is three times more likely to win this tournament than, than DRX. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, like... Shows the importance of shopping around for lines, by the way. Especially for, like, future stuff like this, if, if your intent is to, like, basically, like, either hedge or, or like, something like this. When, when the hold's pretty big, you want to make sure you're getting the best number, especially in a lot of matchups like these where it's like close to 50-50. If you feel strong, the the thing is you're going to be able to feel strongly one if you feel strongly one way or the other, you're going to be able to find a line that's better than the one I just read probably for either side. So, especially for tournaments where it's seemingly pretty close like this, you you know, shop around and find the line that works for you. So, um so you're going with are you just going to go straight up with the future? I don't like 1045 seems like a little bit out of the realm of plausibility because of just like, like we don't want to do 1045. That's probably suggesting for the clients, Joshua. Yeah. I will say that like John says, if you bet a million dollars on that, then like, you know, <laughs> you know you'll be set one day with it, but I'll probably just take DRX plus 138 against JDG. I just think Chovy versus Gao is a really, really big mismatch. Just uh, looking around at one other unnamed book, and it's Dragon X plus 850. So it shows, I mean, we've seen everything from 850 to plus 1045. So, And this book has JDG plus 350 as the favorites to win the tournament. So, Wow. Yeah. Um, so obviously shop around. Uh, so what, what, do you, what did you end up going with? I'm sorry. Uh, the, just the highest DRX odds, so 138 versus JDG. That'll be the one game they lose because my betting record on this show is just... <laughs> Alrighty. So um, I think that's going to be it for us tonight. Um, 
obviously get out on Twitter. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna be doing the world the World Cup. So, John, John, are you gonna take responsibility for tweeting all this stuff out? I will tweet all this stuff out. Uh, I should be able to get the first one out tonight, probably. So, okay, cool. We might want to wait till tomorrow night, actually, just because uh, they won't have heard the podcast yet. You could start it up now. That's true. Whatever you guys want to do. I'm probably going to have to edit this tomorrow, but anyway, that's off cast. But uh, anything else for this one? I'm actually really excited for this tournament. Uh, I We haven't seen – like, MSI is good and all, but, like, I mean, really we just want to see, like, the two best regions go at it, right? I mean, people would say Europe is better than Korea. What makes this more fun for me is that the teams will play against each other their own region, right? Yeah. <laughs> to me, what makes this more rivals. to me what makes it more fun is you're actually getting four from each, and like there's money on the line. It's not like Rift Rivals, right? Where it's an actual exhibition. Like there's substantial money on the line, and we're getting to see the top four instead of just like the top one. That's take notes, right? Because you should just adapt this format. Like I, I, I think MSI should be two teams from each. I think it'd be so much more. Even just adding one more team from each would make it so much more interesting to me. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I would love to see another team from each. That'd be cool. Just see the two finalists. I think that'd be really cool. Um, the best of one for for LCK and LPL. I think will also be an interesting wrinkle uh, for people that follow that closely. You know, like there's a lot of strategy in the three game series that it would be interesting to see how they try to like adapt their mindset to these one game series. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and then obviously the blind pick is going to make this even crazier once we once we get to that too. So uh, we'll have to do this as as like a, a brief thing before we we sign off here. Um, we'll have to do like what is the Korean like D team and E team and the Chinese like C D and E teams and see how they match up against everyone because that that could be a fun thought exercise too. Maybe we'll do that for next week. So all right, um, any sign offs? Anything notable this week? Or you guys just want to get out of here? Yeah, nothing super exciting for me this week other than, like, uh, same as last week. We're really coming along and almost ready to release the esports department, and I'm just insanely excited about that. Get your followers up. Hit us at the esports department on Twitter. There's a Twitter account now. So, uh, yeah, I'll put a I'll put a link in the show notes, too, for everyone that's interested, as long as that's up and running. I have to double-check with uh, Mr. Haas there. So, all right. Um, anything else? I think we just get out of here. We ran pretty long tonight, so and we were we were, we were like bullshitting for like an hour before this cast started too. So yeah, we we've been up pretty late. So I think we're all gonna get out of here. Enjoy the mid season cup. We will be recording next week, but it'll be right before the mid season cup starts, so we'll probably talk a little bit more about it then. But uh we probably won't be able to get it out to you in time for Thursday morning's game, so we wanted to record the picks this week and give you guys our thoughts on the tournament in general. Enjoy that tournament, enjoy your weekend. Um weather's coming around for a lot of people everybody stay safe out there and enjoy yourselves we'll see you guys next week see you later guys the gold card podcast opening theme is clouds by harvey and the hendersons the closing theme is wasp in a hat by the tea club Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.